Acts of the Apostles, chapter 17. Let's begin to read from verse uh, 16. It says, now, while Paul waited for them at Athens, his spirit was stirred up in him. When he saw the city wholly given to idolatry, Therefore, disputed he in the synagogue with the Jews and with the devout persons and in the markets daily with them that met with him. Then certain philosophers of the Epicureans and of the Stoics encountered him. And some said, what will this babbler say? Other some, he seemed to be a setter forth of strange gods because he preached unto them Jesus and the resurrection. And they took him and brought him unto Aeropagus, saying, May we know what this new doctrine whereof thou speakest? For thou bringest certain strange things to our ears. We would know, therefore, what these things mean. For all the Athenians and strangers which were, there, which were there spent their time in nothing else but either to tell or to hear some new thing. Then Paul stood in the midst of Mars Hill and said, you men of Athens, I perceive that in all things, you are too superstitious. For as I passed by and beheld your devotions, I found an altar with this inscription, whom therefore you ignorantly worship, him declare I unto you. God that made the walls and all things therein, seeing that he is the Lord of heaven, and earth dwelleth not in temples made with hands. Praise the Lord. Amen. Of course, this is an account of Paul in Athens, okay, preaching the gospel. But I want us to note some things here about the attitude of Paul. You know, since the beginning of this series, I've been talking a lot about our attitude towards sharing the gospel. There is a Bible attitude that we must embrace. There is a Bible attitude towards sharing the gospel that we must embrace. Amen. Look at Paul's example. Verse 16 says, while Paul waited for them at Athens, his spirit was stirred in him when he saw that the whole city was given to idolatry. Wow. Amen. Something happened to Paul when Paul got to this place. Let me read it from another translation. It says, while Paul was waiting for them in Athens, his spirit was deeply disturbed to see the city full of idols. <laughs> so he began holding discussions in the synagogue with the Jews and other worshipers. Did you see that? So while he was waiting, his spirit was deeply disturbed. His spirit was angered. His spirit was stirred up. Listen, friends. We, the lesson to learn here is that we, if we are not careful, right? 
we will not be stirred up by this by the unwholesome unholy ungodly environment ungodliness around us in the lives of people if we are not careful we can get so used to the environment where our spirits is are no, no longer react our spirits no longer react the spirit of a believer should always should react to ungodliness amen hallelujah instead of laughing at them instead of not being mindful or rather not you know deliberately shunning ignoring acting as if it doesn't exist the bible says that paul was stirred up in his spirit he was deeply disturbed friends we will not be deeply we can't be disturbed if we don't pay attention to the ungodliness around us do you know you can have an unbeliever around you all year round and never even if it comes the holy spirit prompts you to to share the gospel with the person you can knowingly ignore it means that your spirit is not even moved and that's a dangerous place for for the believer to be and unfortunately many believers are in such a state we are so carried away we can be so carried away by the by the vicissitudes of life by the by the things by our personal you know physical material worldly pursuits that we lock up ourselves and play the ostrich as if all was well hallelujah and not be moved and not be disturbed he said paul was waiting in athens for his spirit was deeply disturbed to see the city full of idols and paul began to preach because he was not at ease warned to them that are at ease in zion friends we cannot afford to be too much at ease we don't think the gospel it doesn't come to our mind even if it comes to our mind we just shrug it off hallelujah the ministry of reconciliation which is uh, our responsibility of sharing the gospel it's not it ought not to be a periodic thing hallelujah look at what jesus said in matthew's gospel chapter 9 matthew 9 verse 34:5 jesus began to travel oh, I read from the king james version jesus went about all the cities and villages teaching in their synagogues and preaching the gospel of the kingdom and healing every sickness and every disease amongst the people but when he saw the multitude the bible says he was moved with compassion on them because they fainted and were scattered abroad as sheep having no shepherd did you see that the bible says that jesus went about preaching teaching healing and 
when he saw the multitude, he was moved with compassion. Listen, friends, we cannot, if we are not, if we don't allow ourselves to be moved with compassion towards the lost, we will see them and we will not see them as a lost. We won't think about them as a lost. We won't think about how to reach them. Because we are too preoccupied with ourselves. Amen. We are too, our minds are too filled with other things. Apart from, I mean, or, or, or they, may, they are legitimate, but they, 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 they may be legitimate, but they have taken a, an undue space in our lives. Praise the Lord. So he said, Jesus said, Jesus was moved with compassion. Are we moved with compassion towards the lost? We can't begin to share the gospel if we are not moved by compassion. Look at what he said. After he saw the multitude, he saw that they were scattered abroad like sheep having no shepherd. They were directionless. Praise the Lord. I called somebody up earlier in the week. Was it earlier in the week now? Yes. I called him up oh, to invite him for, for friends, uh, for our friends' day service. I called him. Oh, I said, how are you? You know, he said, oh, I said, I've not seen you around for a while. Are you around? He said, oh, yes, that's, uh, you know, he began to complain and lament about how things have been difficult, you know, and all that. So you see that he was speaking like, he was speaking like somebody, you know, who was directionless, who was almost hopeless, you know just coasting along, no direction in life. So when I told him, oh, please, I would like to invite you for our, for our service, you know, I was so glad. You know, he, invite, he, he obliged. He said, oh, he'll come and all that, you know. It's just, uh, it's just supposed to show that, come, there are people who are waiting. Look at what Jesus said, verse 37. Then said he unto his disciples, the harvest truly, truly, the harvest truly is plenteous, but the laborers are few. Amen. The harvest is plenteous, but the laborers are few. In other words, Jesus is saying that at no time do we have any problem with harvest. <laughs> he said, don't say, oh, that the harvest is say four months away. No, he said the harvest is plenty. So we don't know who to preach to. Come on. When you look at the multitude, do we have sick people? Do we have people who are confused? Do we have people who are living ungodly lives? Do we have people who are in despair? Do we have people who need deliverance? Do we have people who are living in terrible circumstances? Do we have people who are living and wallowing in sin? That is the harvest ground. That is the harvest ground. Do we have people who are so preoccupied with their lives, they, don't, they are not even thinking about God? Do we have people who are opposers of God? Those are the harvest fields. Hallelujah. So there is a harvest field. But you know what Jesus said? He said, the problem is laborers. But it takes compassion to labor. 
Someone says, it's because I'm shy. You are not shy. No, it's not because of shyness. It's because we, we, we are not looking at these people, at people from the perspective of compassion. We are not looking at men with compassion in our hearts. So, well, say, well, but I'm not a preacher. Every one of us has been called to the ministry of reconciliation. It's my ministry. It's your ministry. As a local assembly, it's our ministry. Hallelujah. So when we don't have compassion for people like Jesus had, our spirits will not be stirred up. What is compassion? Compassion is not just empathy. Compassion is what moves you to, to action. Jesus, look at Paul. Paul was stirred up in his spirit and he took action. It's not just I was saying, say, oh, hey, sorry, oh, ah, these people are going to, oh, no. It should move us to, 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 to take the appropriate actions. Praise God. Compassion moves you. Look at the story of the some good Samaritan, the guy that fell among thieves on his way from Jerusalem to Jericho. You know, the priest passed by, the Levites passed by. You know, those guys, they, they were fixated on the law. They were so fixated on the Lord, there was no compassion that welled up for him, for that, for that wounded man. The Bible says that a, a, a good Samaritan, you know, a Samaritan passed by, who was a, you know, a, 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 said he, he took the guy up, you know, took him to an inn, cleaned him up, and asked that the guy should be taken care of and that he would pay. That guy had compassion on that man and he went out of his way to take care of the wounded man. That's the way God wants us to see the sinners. That's the way God wants us to, 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 to view them. That's the way God wants us to treat them. But they are like sheep without shepherd. They are rudderless. Oh, they may be financially successful. They may be successful in other areas of their lives. But as long as they don't know the Lord Jesus, they are leading a rudderless life. Whose destiny will end up in hell if they don't receive Jesus? And that will be their eternal destiny. So it should move us. Back to Acts chapter 17. So we see so Paul. So Paul began holding discussions. When his heart was, he saw that man, there was so much idolatry here. Are you a student in your hostel at work? You see, men and women living riotous lives. Shouldn't we engage them? You see people who are into occultism. We shouldn't be afraid of them. We shouldn't be afraid of idolatry. Paul wasn't. The Bible says that he began to hold discussions. So what's the next step? We ought to be holding discussions to share the gospel. Hallelujah. He said he began to hold discussions with the Jews and other worshipers, as well as every day. So when he said he was doing it on a daily basis, daily, he was doing it on a daily basis. So which means that it's something that should not be too, uh, is not sharing the gospel, the event of sharing the gospel should not be uh, too far in between, should not be far in between. The times that we get to do it should not be far in between. It's something that we should regularly carry out. Hallelujah. Jesus said, the harvest is plenty, 
but the laborers are few. He now said, pray ye the Lord of the harvest that he will send forth what? Laborers. The word to send is the word ekbalo. Means, it means to forcefully eject, to forcefully get them out. Now someone says, well, okay, what Jesus said I should do is I should, I should be praying for that the Lord will send harvesters. Who are you? Your prayer is in vain, or rather you are saying to the Lord Jesus, right? Oh, send harvesters. What are you doing? You are excluding yourself. If you are just praying, send harvesters. Hallelujah. You and I, we are also part of the harvesters. Praise the Lord. We are also part of the harvesters, teaching people. He said, go and preach the gospel. Go and teach. Go and, uh, uh, go and preach the gospel to all nations. He said, teaching them. If we do not, so, so if we do not engage in teaching the people about the gospel, we are not carrying out the gospel activities. See, we can be in church, be so, be so faithful in church, doing all the things that we are doing. But look at, let me see what, let me show you one dimension of faithfulness that God is very concerned about. Hallelujah. Second Timothy. Second Timothy. Chapter um, chapter two. Let's go there. Second Timothy chapter two, verse one and two. Therefore, my son, be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus, and the things that you have heard of me among many witnesses. The same commit to faithful men. Who are these faithful men? who shall be able to teach others also. God is saying that, come, you are a faithful steward when you teach others. Faithful men, don't say you are faithful if you are not teaching. God says, ah, but I'm not a teacher of the word, though. Jesus said, go you disciples, make disciples of all nations, teach in them. The Bible says that God will have men to be saved. First Timothy chapter 2, verse 4 and 5. We will have all men to be saved. After they are saved, then we teach them to come to the knowledge of the truth. That's why I don't understand why believers will attend church, you will attend Bible study, and you will not have any writing material. You are just looking. How do you want to teach? Imagine a teacher who doesn't have notes. Where is he going to teach from? Praise the Lord. Where is he going to teach from? You come to church, you don't have, you don't have writing materials. How, how many of the things you have been doing that? How many of the sermons are on the messages? Have you, have, have you been able to understand? I mean, to remember, we are not able. Praise the Lord. Amen. Set faithful men who will be able to teach others. Faithful men. It didn't say faithful preachers. It didn't say faithful pastors. It didn't say faithful bishops. It didn't say uh, uh, faithful. It said faithful men. Who are faithful men? The faithful men, faithful Christians who have been discipled, and they also will not disciple others. What are they to do? They are to teach. Share the gospel. Hallelujah. Praise God. Praise God. And do it with compassion. When you have, when we work with compassion in our heart, we'll be able to identify the needs of people and walk towards them. Hallelujah. Because people are like sheep Jesus said, people, all believers are like sheep without a shepherd. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. So, so Jesus, back to, back to uh, 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 Acts of the Apostles, Acts chapter 17, said, there 
he disputed in the synagogue with the Jews and with the devout persons and in the market daily with them that met with him. So Paul was taking the gospel everywhere the people presented themselves. He said he did it in the synagogue. He did it in the markets. So don't say that you cannot, oh, this is marketplace, therefore I can't share the gospel. No. Of course, we look for the appropriate time within the times. Praise the Lord. If we are concerned about the soul of that person, if we are concerned about the soul of that lady, of that man, of that your colleague, Moses, uh, what they do is that they argue. The Bible says that Paul disputed. Hallelujah. Paul disputed. Don't fail. Don't let disputes. Don't let people dispute in an argument. And, and don't let arguments, you know, turn you away from sharing the gospel. For every time you share the gospel, a seed is being planted and, or watered. So certain philosophers of the Epicureans and the Stoics, they encountered him. Philosophers encountered him. In sharing the gospel, what, the, what does this mean? We will come, we are to share the gospel with all kinds of people. You know, sometimes in our evangelism, in our minds, like uh, this person, let's not go to this verse. This one doesn't look like somebody who is ready to hear the gospel. No. <laughs> Hallelujah. Amen. We'll be looking for people. Once you are, when you ask someone's name, what's your name? And the person gives you a Muslim name. You say, ah, let me not preach to Muslim. Let me go and look for someone who has a Christian name. No, we are not to discriminate. Praise the Lord. Everyone needs the, the gospel. So you see, Paul, he had, he said, he was with devout people. He was with Jews. He was those, he was with people in the marketplace. And you see that he was with philosophers and different classes of the philosophers, different schools of thoughts, you know, of philosophers, the Epicureans. The Stoics said they encountered him. The gospel is for all. Hallelujah. And some, some people said, oh, who, what is this guy saying? What is this new doctrine? He's like, uh, strange, strange gods. And they gathered them together and they began to share with them. He took advantage of, he shared from what they, what they usually practice. He said, oh, I saw, I can see that you guys are very super. He said, you are too superstitious. And that's the challenge. Anywhere there is idolatry, there is a lot of superstition. Don't you see that even in our, in our world, even in our, in, our, in, our, in, our, in our own culture, there is a lot of superstition. I remember one of my uncles who kept on disturbing me because they were brought up to believe that the dead still can still uh, uh, communicate. So one day he came to meet me and said, oh, Paul, your dad appeared to me. He appeared to me. He said, I should tell you that Red is beating him where he is, that his friends have not allowed him to enter, you know, because we haven't built a house for him. <laughs> so, they haven't built a house for him. So Ren is beating him. Ah. So I told him, I said, Uncle, listen, Uncle, it was not my father you said you, you saw. Is because that has been your belief system. Robo people build they uh, they don't uh, traditionally they don't bury people outside of a house. They bury people inside the house. So they would dig a place inside the house. Like my grandfather, my maternal grandfather, 
was they dug a uh, the. So I told my uncle, I said, "Come." That was not my father. You saw, you know, and about three different times he had, and it was why. Because in the culture, that was just, it was that was those, that was a superstitious belief, you know. Thank God he is now born again. I hope he doesn't hold that any longer. Amen. So, so you see that there are superstitious beliefs all over the place. Amen. Superstitious beliefs all over the place. But so we will encounter such people. Now, Paul used. He was wise. That's why in sharing the gospel, we also must be sensitive to the Holy Ghost and be wise in our approach. Shadow, you guys, you even have an idol. You have so many idols. You have one that is even called, that is to the unknown God. <laughs> he said, well, that unknown God, that's the one I have come to share with you. Praise the Lord. So, the believer has got to be we, we see God, God has equipped us supernaturally. You will not see until you go out into the harvest field. Until we go out into the harvest field, you and I will not encounter the power of God. The power of God to save men is it's not, it's in the field. It's not among believers. The power of God to save is not among us when we gather just by ourselves. No, until we reach out to the lost, go where the harvest is, we will not encounter the, we will not, we will not realize the amount of power the quantum of power that we have. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Where there are no sinners, there will be no harvest. Where there are no sinners, there will be no harvest. And there are sinners everywhere. So which means that harvest is everywhere. Glory to God. Now, let's look at, let's go back to Matthew chapter 9. Matthew chapter 9, that Jesus, uh, 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 Matthew chapter 9, in verse 35, Matthew 9, look at what he calls us. He said, when he saw the multitude, he was moved with compassion on them because they fainted and they were scattered abroad as sheep having no shepherd. Then said he unto his disciples, the harvest truly is plenteous, but the laborers are few. What does he call us? To share the gospel, we have to put up our thinking cap or the attitude of laborers. A, labor, a, a laborer cannot be, uh, cannot afford to be lazy, has to be hardworking. If we do not take our harvest seriously, there will be no harvests. What do laborers do? Laborers engage, laborers work. The ministry of reconciliation is walk. Labor in prayer. Labor in, in the word. It is labor. Second Timothy 2.15, study to show yourself approved unto God. A workman that needs not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. Study. How much time do we give to study? Even us pastors, do we just study for sermons? If you know, if we are not careful as pastors, you know, that's what we'll be doing. We'll just be studying for sermons. 
Praise the Lord. Who are we engaging? Who are we teaching? Hallelujah. So we, we, are, we, we are called laborers. God does not need lazy people as laborers. Amen. He doesn't need lazy people as laborers. Look at, uh, 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 let's flip back. We are going to be flipping between, you know, those two scriptures, you know, Acts of the Apostles. Look at Acts of the Apostles chapter 17 that we read. Let's go back there. He said, certain philosophers, verse 18, of the Epicureans and of the Stoics, he encountered, they encountered him. So you could see that Paul was different, different categories of people, kinds of people. Paul was able to engage them. Marketplace people, philosophers, religious people, people who don't even do anything, idol worshipers, all classes of people. He was able to engage every one of them. So you are not called to just some certain people. No, ah, that person, she's a market woman. That one, she's an illiterate. I cannot, I cannot, no. Ah, that one, ah, that one has a PhD. Therefore, I cannot know. What are we, we are, we are laborers. We, we have to be hardworking in studying, diligently studying to show ourselves approved a workman unto God, rightly dividing the word of truth. The believer, we have got to learn to rightly divide the word of truth. Friends Day is coming. Hallelujah. After Friends Day, we're going to start having, by the grace of God, we're going to start having programs like that, you know, on a, you know, where will we, where will we look for unbelievers to gather? We're going to be doing a training for that in church. Okay? Both the Okota Church and the, and the Yaba Church, we're going to be organizing a, a training at the last Saturday of this month for that, where we're going to be trained for three hours on how to organize programs like that on an individual level. Gather people to share the gospel with them. Amen. Praise the Lord. So, and it takes us being diligent. Glory to God. Glory to God. Let, write this down. If I am not laboring in the word, in preaching or teaching the gospel, eventually I will become a liability to God. Yeah. Eventually, I'll, you'll become a liability. <laughs> God does not want liability. You, don't, you want to be an asset to your father. That's the reason why he has left us here. For the, the Bible says that through us, Paul said through us, the fragrance of the knowledge of Jesus will spread everywhere. Verse 18. He said, he said what will this babbler say? Others, some others were saying, he seemed to be a setter forth of strange gods. Why? Because he preached unto them Jesus and the resurrection. So Paul knew exactly what he was preaching to them. He was preaching to them about Jesus and about the resurrection. You know, I said in this course of this, we're going to look at uh, uh, the contents of the gospel. Praise God. We are looking at the conveyor. What is being conveyed, the content, we're going to look at it. Praise God. So, but here you see, he said he preached unto them Jesus and the resurrection. That is the center point of the gospel. Praise God. Amen. So, let's go back to Second uh, 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 Timothy chapter 2. Let's go to 2 Timothy chapter 2. Um, thank you, Lord Jesus. 
Second Timothy chapter two. Okay. Uh, sorry, I'm, I'm okay. Why is okay? Chapter two. Chapter two. Okay. He said, These things that you have heard of me among many witnesses. In other words, Paul says, is what I have taught you. See, our labor is, in, is to labor on what we have been taught. So if you have been taught well, and I believe we have been trying our best to do that, hallelujah, we gather what we have been taught, amen, and go teach it to others. He said, Commit to faithful men. So as we are teaching the word, we are committing it to you. Will you be found faithful? Oh, says, well, I don't know. I lack the ability. No, look at 2 Corinthians chapter 3. 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 6. He said, he said, uh, no, uh, uh, verse 4. He said, and such trust have we through Christ to God's word. Not that we are sufficient of ourselves of to think anything as of ourselves, but our sufficiency is of who? Of God. Our sufficiency is of God. See, you're sufficient. You, are not, you may not feel sufficient, but it's not about feeling sufficient. It says your sufficiency is of God. Look at the next verse. Who has also made us able ministers of what? The New Testament. So the Bible says he has made us. He has made you. You are an able minister of the New Testament because you have the message. See, the message that you have is what is the is, is, is what qualifies you to be able. I said, well, I have not gone to Bible school. I have not, no, you don't need, I mean, once you get born again, you are enlisted into the army, straight up. Hallelujah. You are enlisted, in, you automatically have the ability of God to be, able to, to be able to preach the gospel, to be able to share the good news. Praise the Lord. And the more we do, the more, proficient will become. Friends, people are dying. Friends, we cannot afford to keep quiet. No, we can't. We can't afford to keep quiet. You know, on Sunday, after the, after the, uh, uh, the second service, two women approached me. <coughs> Someone said they would like to speak with me. One was coming for the first time, invited by the second one who came for the first time during uh, our, our, our revival outreach meeting. And before you knew it, they, start, they started crying. You know, and started to tell their stories. And I said, oh my God, the devil has ravaged this man, this woman. You know, one of them said she was, that she was in so much debt. She started a particular business and, you know, somebody, you know, used witchcraft and the business never succeeded, blah, 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 and all, that, all those stories. And living in fear, in fact, she said, she's, she's owing so much now. That the last loan she collected, you know, only so much that she wants to run away. You know, my heart just reached out to her. See, there are people with all kinds of, so, and, and they don't know. I said, I told her, I had to tell the two of them, I said, you know what? You are at the right place. Keep coming. Amen. We will engage in prayer and the word. You know, just began to open scriptures briefly with them and to encourage them. There are people who are waiting for us. Hallelujah. 
There are people who are waiting for you and I so that this gospel can be brought to them. Oh, how about if they reject it? Somebody else will take it. You never know who is going to take it. You never know who is going to receive it. Paul did not give, give up. He said, he said he has made us. Say to yourself, I have been made an, a, an able minister. Now, since you have been made an able minister, hallelujah, will you and I be found faithful? Praise God. No matter how much we know up here, if we do not go out to share it, hallelujah, we will not be faithful ministers of this gospel. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Look at Acts chapter 20. As I round up, Acts chapter 20. It's labor. It's hard work. Amen. Be mindful of what God is mindful about. Look at. He said, and when they came to him from verse 18, and from let's read from verse 17 so that we can follow the story. And from, my, from Melitus, Paul sent to Ephesus and called the elders of the church. And when they were come to him, he said unto them, you know from the first day that I came to, into Asia, after what manner I have been with you at all seasons, serving the Lord with humility of mind and with many tears and temptations, which befell me by the lying in wait of the Jews. And how I kept back nothing that was profitable unto you, but have showed you and have taught you publicly and from house to house, testifying both to the Jews and also to the Greeks, repentance towards God and faith towards our Lord Jesus Christ. Look at that. that see, see, see the testimony of a laborer. Amen. He said, he said, uh, even though I'm the least of the apostles, I have labored more than the rest. Even though, right, but even though it is not me that labored, it is Christ that it is the grace of God that is laboring. But he labored. Let's labor for the work. Let's labor for the work. It's, it is of it is noted it is of note right over the years that miracles more miracles happen outside of the local assembly than inside the church yeah yeah more miracles because the miracles primarily are what things like healing miracles and things like that they are actually like dinner bells, like Wiggles, what we call it, to attract people and then we share the gospel with them. Praise the Lord. So that's why they happen more outside. Anybody can do miracles. Anybody can lay hands on the sick. I was watching a video some, some years ago, you know, of some young guys. I'm not sure that was whether that was what Pastor Tosin was trying to share with me the other day. You know, some young guys this in Europe, you know, so they just go out, they, just, they went out on evangelism in the evening, and then they looked for people who are sick. They looked for people who had, you know, some ask people, Oh, would you like me to pray for you? You're sick, you know, things like that. So, you know, and creative miracles are happening. So I said, okay, well, no problem. It's not to pray. Ah, fine, pray, pray, pray for me. You know, someone who has a bad leg and the, the leg get, gets healed suddenly. You know, creating miracles like that. And the guy would be like, wow, wow. What's happened to me? What's happened to me? And then uh, they begin to, they, begin, they, will, they will now share the gospel with the person. Some of them, some of them will believe, some of them will not believe. You know, but at least it opened the door for them. Praise the Lord. Amen. So, 
Friends, this is, I'm, I'm happy so much on the attitude because if we do not get the attitude right, we can have all the knowledge of the content and never share it with anyone. Hallelujah. Praise God. May the Lord count, find you a worthy laborer. May he find me a worthy laborer. One that will go the long haul for the gospel. Full of compassion and allowing that compassion to, stay, to, be stay, to stir up action in our hearts. Where we do not, where we, we do not hesitate. Hallelujah. Where we look at people with the eyes of Jesus. Praise God and reach out to them. I trust we will do more and more of this. I trust that we will get more, 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 more results. Praise the Lord. I trust that we'll get more trophies. Who are the trophies? What are the trophies that God is looking for? The trophies they'll bring to him are people. Why? Because the harvest field is people. Harvest field is not material things. The harvest is not material things. God's harvest is people. And that's the reason why the laborers are people. Praise God. Father, we thank you for your word. We give you all the glory tonight. Lord, may, 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 may this word stir up actions, godly thoughts, as regards sharing the gospel in our hearts. We thank you for it, Lord. Thank you for the harvests that are coming to us in Jesus' name. Amen.